People for the Podcast, produced by the American Civil Liberties Union of New Hampshire. And according to our lawyers, we have to let you know that what you hear on this podcast does not constitute legal advice. Today's show will be hosted by myself, Jeannie Hareska, and with me in studio is Polana Belkin, our rock star trans justice organizer. Thanks for having me. Polana, existential question. Why are you here? I am here to talk about something exciting. I'm intrigued. Good. So here's here's the real sales pitch. On the local and the national stage, we've been seeing a conversation around non-binary identities taking off, including uh, gender markers on a government-issued ID. Even presidential candidates have been weighing in on this. Sold. I want to know more. Let's start with the basics. For our listeners, can you explain what non-binary means? Totally. So for the listeners, the gender dichotomy is canceled. It's a falsehood. Excellent. What does that mean exactly? It means that gender is not an either or thing. There's a growing number of people who identify as neither male nor female. Is the non-binary community part of the larger trans community? Yes, yeah, so transgender itself is an umbrella term, meaning there's many different kinds of transgender people, you know, all under that bigger picture. Um, in non-binary, it's its own umbrella of gender non-conforming identities within the larger trans community. So what you're saying is that there's not just one type of gender non-binary identity. Correct. So in relation to gender, the binary is talking about the, I would call it an outdated concept that one's identity is strictly male or strictly female. And what more and more people are starting to acknowledge is that gender isn't black and white or this and that, but it's a spectrum. When you say a spectrum, is that does that mean that non-binary is a combination of the two, both male and female? Non-binary is neither male nor female. Okay, so instead of he or she... A person who identifies as non-binary likely uses they, them, theirs pronouns. Um, they went to the store. They are a great person. They left their trash in my car again. Okay, but they is plural. Why does a single person use a plural pronoun? So I have this clip from our volunteer, Alex McEntee, who identifies as genderqueer, one of the many non-binary identities that I mentioned before, and I think they do a really good job explaining the they pronoun. Say you're in a restaurant and you find a backpack in a, in a booth. You go up to somebody on the staff and you say, I found a book bag and I don't know whose it is. And then they say, well, we'll make sure that they get it or we will look for them or something like that. You, when you don't know somebody's gender, a lot of times people go to the they, them, or theirs. That's a really great way to frame it. I use they singular all the time when I don't know the gender of a person. Yeah, we all do. So in everyday life, I think it's fair to say that most of us assume someone's pronouns when we meet them. This conversation is underscoring to me that that's probably not the right way to do this. So how do you determine someone's pronouns just looking at them, if you meet them in the hallway, for instance? Uh, that is a great question, and you can't. The answer is that you cannot assume someone's pronouns just by looking at them. Okay, and I'm hoping you're going to tell me now that it's not rude or presumptuous to start a conversation by asking what someone's pronouns are. It might feel weird, but it totally is not. I, I love when someone asks me, what are, what are your pronouns? Part of what I do as an organizer is I train groups of people how to be more gender inclusive, and that includes getting people comfortable with introducing their name and their pronoun as a package deal. So, hi, my name is Polana, and my pronouns are she, her. Hi, Polana. 
My name is Jeannie, and my pronouns are she, her. And think of the embarrassing alternatives. Are you a boy or a girl? And that question wouldn't even allow for an accurate answer. This is learning. Ah, so at the start of this conversation, you mentioned the gender marker on government-issued IDs is a part of the same conversation. Let's get into that. Absolutely. So here in New Hampshire, we had a bill this past legislative session, and it became law. So starting in January 2020, driver's licenses in New Hampshire will come with the option for a non-binary gender marker. The recognition of their identities, it's, it's a really big step in combating kind of the stigma against having a non-binary identity. We worked really hard to gain the strong bipartisan support that it had, and I'm super thrilled that Governor Sununu allowed it to go into effect. I can understand why this is such a big deal. This is legal recognition. This is the government acknowledging that non-binary identity is real. Mm -hmm. What will the marker be then if it's not an M or an F? It will be an X. An M or an F would not be accurate for someone who doesn't identify as M or F. And I think it's really easy to agree that all government or documentation should be accurate, and that can't happen if there's only two options for gender identity. The X gender marker, it's going to make it all about you know um, having an accurate driver's license. Right now, my New Hampshire state ID shows an F in the sex box. I jokingly tell people that the F stands for fraudulent. That's trans justice volunteer Alex McEntee again. An obvious solution to all this could be just to leave the gender line on a license blank. And that could, anybody could leave it blank. But given what you're saying, I'm assuming leaving it blank is not actually an option. That's right. It's not. And for those who are non-binary, being forced to choose an M or an F means that they're forced to carry inaccurate identification. And it only perpetuates the notion that their identity is not real because it is not binary. I'm thinking about this more. The government forcing people to comply with a binary gender dichotomy feels a bit like forced speech. I knew we'd find the constitutional angle here. It, like, I, I, You're forcing people to perpetuate the gender dichotomy, right? I mean, they only get two options. And I'm thinking now, imagine if the DMV only provided for two heights or two weights or two hair colors. Exactly. They obviously don't provide only two for those because the goal is for the driver's license to accurately identify the person. Polana, what's the reaction been like within the trans community around this legislation? I spoke with a few people about this. This would give me an opportunity going to the grocery store, going, uh, you know, to my bank and having to set up a new account or even voting for someone to see that X on there. And then I have the opportunity to tell them what that means. I have the opportunity to help them understand this new age that we're in. There is something between male and female. Having that X on a license makes that valid and makes that exist. And I'm looking forward to not feeling non-existent and invisible in this binary world. Their reactions are so inspiring. And the success of the driver's license bill this year, it's truly a credit to all of their hard work over the last several months. You know, in the state house, out in the community, gathering support for this legislation, it really belongs to the Vols. Is this yes. movement towards trans equality in New Hampshire new? Grassroots support for trans rights has been a growing trend over the last few years. The state passed comprehensive transgender non-discrimination protections in 2018, the driver's license bill in 2019, as well as a bill that protects students from discrimination in public schools on the basis of gender identity, all with bipartisan support. 
And New Hampshire isn't the only state that has taken this step to provide non-binary state identification, if I understand right. This is a growing trend across the country. That's right. 15 states so far, including New Hampshire and Washington, D.C., are providing this ex-gender marker on their state uh, driver's licenses. And six states have recognized it on birth records, too. For the states that provide it on driver's licenses, are the 15 states predictable progressive states? It's a really wide range of states. we got... Arkansas, Idaho, Colorado, Maine, Indiana, Nevada. And are other states thinking of joining in? Definitely. 12 of those 15 uh, only started providing this third gender marker in the last two years. New Hampshire isn't even the most recent state anymore, with Washington and Pennsylvania adding the marker in July of 2019. That's incredible. It is. And we absolutely expect other states to follow suit and for third gender markers to become nationally accepted across the country. We've seen this conversation playing out in the presidential primary, too, with candidates like former governor of Massachusetts Bill Weld, Senator Kamala Harris and Senator Bernie Sanders all committing to recognizing this identity on federal ID. For those listening who may be unfamiliar, what is the process like for someone to correct the gender marker on their license in New Hampshire? So when I changed my gender marker from male to female several years ago, I walked into the DMV with a court order certifying my name change and a signed change of gender form from my therapist. Uh, This really excited clerk processed all my paperwork. She took a new photo. And I had no problem giving my former identification to her. And I got to exit this really bizarre period of my life where my ID said a lot more about me than just my name and my age. I like that you mentioned the clerk was excited. She was pumped. That's wonderful. So will this be the same process for a gender non-binary person to correct their marker? It will be. They're going to go to the DMV with a court-ordered name change if that applies to them um, and assign change of gender form stating that they are non-binary. So that's the process here in New Hampshire. Is that the same process in other states? It's the same as some states. The gold standard is actually self-attestation, you know, where the person doesn't need this letter from a healthcare provider, but the DMV takes them at their word. Like the DMV does for height and weight. Exactly. And can you imagine like a scale or a measuring stick at the at the DMV? If there was a scale at the DMV, I'm pretty sure there would be protests. I can't even with the with the doctor's office scale. Right? Is the hope then that self-attestation will become the standard here in New Hampshire at some point? I would hope so. You know, the the designation should solely rely on the person applying for the license rather than a third party, like a healthcare provider or a judge. Is this progress on non-binary recognition limited to legislative victories? Not at all. We're we're seeing businesses are proving themselves to be incredible allies in the advancement of trans rights. Uh, There's a number of airlines that now allow for non-binary gender markers on boarding passes, on your Lyft Pro, on the Lyft profile, you get uh, you get to include your pronouns. And even Oreo, who uh, they were handing out sleeves of their cookies with imprinted gender pronouns, including they at World Pride in June 2019. That's all great progress. What's next, especially here in New Hampshire? So I recently caught up with State Rep Jerry Cannon to hear a little bit about her plans for next session. That's that's the next thing that's hot on my plate is to get the birth record uh, stuff through. Uh, In our country, we have a number of states that are already adopting easier ways to to change it. Having having been born in Massachusetts and changed my my information and they've had a law in place for like 15 years or something like that mm-hmm. is that we already have 
a lot of transgender people who have changed their information in other states who live here in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. Why shouldn't the, the people who were born in this state have the same freedom as all those people? Mm -hmm. And so my, my incentive is to try and make it easy for people to change so they can be as equal as anyone that came from another state into our state. That's exciting. And I would note that we will certainly be covering the bill that Representative Cannon mentioned next session here on our podcast. So please tune in for that. For now, I would like to thank Polana for talking with me today. My name is Jeannie Hereska for the ACLU of New Hampshire. This has been another edition of By the People for the Podcast. And for our lawyers, I would like to note that this podcast has been produced by speaking into microphones. The ACLU of New Hampshire is a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization devoted to protecting and expanding civil rights and liberties in the Granite State. For more information about our organization, you can check us out online at www.aclu-nh.org or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs>